Hi, my name is Paula Underwater. Hi, I'm Aquascape Adventure Ryan. Welcome to Rumblefish. Your underwater journey. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess, you're excited again? Are you? I am. I've actually got a really good friend coming on. I mean, I know you're, you're friends with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say, this guy's actually been my mentor from the beginning, so and I'm super excited today. And you mentioned him before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. How are you doing today? What do we have here? We got a MNM Aquascape, right? This is MN Aquascape Steve. <laughs> MN underscore. Yes, we want to make sure that everyone yeah. can see his IG account. Or here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Welcome. And the, and the MN is for Minnesota, Ryan. <laughs> so there's a funny joke there. It took me almost a year and a half to figure that one out. Wow. I'm not even from this country and I figured out... <laughs> I figured that out right away. I think we all know I'm not the fastest one around here. Not the smartest cooking time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we're just starting good today. Yeah? Yeah. You know, you got to have a few laughs. Always. That's what we're here for. So, Steve. Yeah. How are you today? I am great. How? I am I'm really excited, actually, to be here today. How is Minnesota doing? You know, uh, we were doing good. It was nice and warm last week, and then it started to rain, and now it's kind of back to being cold and cloudy, but I, I don't think we're going to get any more snow at this point. We're well into April now, and I, I think we're in the clear. That's good. Probably so, feels good to be on the clear of that one. Yeah, it's nice to be outside. That's for sure. So more time to be outside, less time to be inside. What's up with the tanks? Uh, tanks are going good right now. I've um, I've recently had to change just a little bit of stuff, trying to make some things a little easier to maintain. Life's life's always busy, no doubt. And yeah, as the weather gets nicer, it's uh, it's a little harder to be inside just working on tanks all the time. So a few changes that are coming up. All See right. it on my feed. Before we get there, we you know what we want to hear about. We want to hear about the beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you ever fed a fish. That pink gravel that you had, right? Tell us you there... had some fluorescent colored in there. <laughs> I can honestly say that I dodged the pink and blue and fluorescent colored gravel bullet we from the very damn, beginning. Damn classy guests are on here lately. I know. They're making <laughs> us look a little down, huh? Sophistication on our other end. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I missed it, but, you know, first fish tank would have had to have been, I think, back in first grade. It showed up one Christmas morning for me with a little 10-gallon tank, everything all I needed, right? The stand and little filter and light and the gravel was some sort of kind of a natural gray and brown gravel. It wasn't a it wasn't a fluorescent colored gravel unfortunately. So <laughs> So when you say 10th grade for people that are not no, first grade. First okay. grade. I'm sorry, see. Uh how old were you at first grade? Cuz I don't know nothing I, about grades in this country. I'd have been about I would have been about 7 years old. Oh, so really young. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I and I'm not sure exactly why I ended up with my first one. My parents didn't have fish tanks i'm not sure why exactly i wanted a fish tank so bad but sure enough for christmas i got the first little 10 gallon fish tank and yeah the rest is just kind of history from there so tell us a little more about the that first 10 gallon which is a pretty nice size for a first tank 
Yeah, I liked it. It, um, you know, it was kind of your standard first go around at a tank. I remember walking into the fish store with my mom and pointing at each and every one of the fish tanks and asking to get every single one of the fish that I saw. So <laughs> it ended up being quite, quite the hodgepodge community of, of fish kind of the first go rounds. And I'm, I'm sure it went poorly. <laughs> I, I don't remember for sure, but you know, I can't imagine that, uh, all of those fish ended up surviving and doing very well for very long. Yeah. So I remember the first time that I went to the little local fish shop near where I was growing up. And I can remember the first time that I saw an angelfish. And I knew from that moment that that fish was something special to me. And I remember being so disappointed that day because the tank must have had ick or something like that. And we weren't able to bring any home. And so here's a, a you know, a seven-year-old boy that denied the first, you know, fish that he really had kind of fallen in love with. I remember being kind of devastated <laughs> by this whole thing. And, but, you know, something about it has led to this like lifelong love affair with angelfish. And, uh, you know, they're still probably one of my favorite species of fish to keep. Even today, they show up quite a bit. So, so now when you didn't get those, did you still walk out with something or you left the store empty handed? Yeah, I'm sure we probably nabbed a pair of guppies, you know, something, a big mama guppy and a couple of male guppies to chase her around. And which then I'm sure led to getting one of those uh, little breeder basket nets that we hung in the tent in, inside the tank. And mama guppy was in there with all her babies for a while. And I remember raising them. And so, yeah, it was it was it was a good time. It was a great way to get started. So even though you were really young, seven-year-old, um, you took care of those fish in that tank. Yeah. Yeah, that that was kind of the deal. Uh, Mom and dad always made sure that I was the one kind of responsible for it. And I had a little bit of help at first moving buckets of water around and pouring buckets of water into the tank. But I remember as soon as uh, I was able to show them that I was doing that on my own and taking care of things well, that... Yeah, that tank kind of became my sole responsibility. Wow. Yeah. That's some the, some good parenting there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm clapping here. Shout out to the mom and the dad, huh? Yeah, we give shout you out. You know, I was going to say, we, we probably don't shout out to moms and dads enough. I know we always shout out to our significant others in the hobby, but there's a lot of moms and dads out there that foot the water bill and foot the electric bill and help inspire kids, so... Thanks to my mom and dad for allowing me to explore my hobby from an early age. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know we're going to skip a lot of stuff that's gone on in your journey, but I mean, I've seen you with your kids and I mean, you're kind of carrying on that next generation as well. Yeah. It, I mean, that's been a blast. Like I've, I've got three young kids at home and uh, just seeing them taking an interest into all the things with the hobby has been really, really exciting for me. There, sometimes there's times where it's like, like it's really frustrating. Like they want to help feed fish or they want to, you know, have their hands in the tanks. It's like, ah, but then I got to just take a deep breath and remind myself, right? Like that was me all those years ago. Right. And it had such a positive impact on me all these years later. So sometimes I just literally have to step back like two steps and just take a couple deep breaths and let them have at it the way that I did. That's so cool. Yeah. It all comes full circle. 
It sure does. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it does. How do your kids, Ryan, do with your tanks? Well, I could tell you a recent memory. I came home after a nice little event, and I see my fish food open, and I'm looking at all my tanks, and I'm trying to figure out why after I just did a water change, they're cloudy. Uh-oh. Yeah, sure enough, my kids had decided to dump half the f- fish food into the <laughs> tanks, so... <laughs> you know, there's a good and the bad side to getting your kids involved because then they're like, oh, daddy said I could feed the fish. Yeah, right. Unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. That's I've learned why, to keep most of my cans of fish food. Most of my cans of fish food are way up high now where the kids can't reach it for just that exact reason. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. learn, huh? Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all a journey. Yeah, it's lock and key now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You probably have to lock it from your dog, too. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> All righty. So we're going to go there, huh? <laughs> so anyway, how long did this first tank go? Yeah. You know, I I must have had it for a long time. Um, and I'm sure that there were lots of fish that must have come and gone through that tank over the years. I, I, I eventually do remember finally getting some angelfish. We... I think, you know, for the next couple of weeks, mom and I must have driven around all over the place trying to find a fish shop that had some angelfish for sale. And so I'm sure we found some and and put them in there. And, you know, they must have done okay for a period of time, I'm I'm sure. But, um, yeah, that tank, I'm I'm trying to think that tank, you know, um, from there, I think the next jump in tank that I had was to a 29-gallon. Just kind of a standard. I'm not, I don't even really remember how I got that. If we picked it up at a garage sale or what it must have been. But, uh, you know, from there it was a 29 gallon tank. And, and I think I did a little bit of Tang and Eakins in oh, there. I had wow. some Maltese and uh, some Burchardies. Maybe they're not even called that anymore. They but uh, it was kind of cool because they all had little babies, right? Like they, they spawned so easily. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I had this little 29-gallon tank after that and a bunch of little, you know, some kind of plain-colored tang and eakins in there. But it was just so fascinating to see all the little babies in there. And I'm sure I, I'm sure I took them to a fish store at some point, tried to sell them and, you know, all those kinds of things, too. I, I You know, I'm, I'm pretty fairly new to the hobby. So, and I know how obsessed we are all. At this point, about you know water parameters and all of that, how how was it back then? Was there a thing? Uh, I know there was no Facebook police <laughs> to come <laughs> up to you if yeah. your parameters were not right. Uh, it, was that something that you were taking into consideration at that early stage of your no, life? no, uh-uh. and no, tank, not at all. And your Tangayikans were doing just fine. Yeah, they did just fine. I mean. Uh, you know, I didn't ever pay any attention to water quality issues. I I knew enough to use dechlorinator, like, but that would have probably been the extent of it. Hmm. You know, and I was, you know, doing water changes probably when the tank was disgusting and you couldn't see <laughs> through it anymore. I thought, yeah, maybe maybe these fish would appreciate a water change. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, back then, I mean, I just didn't have kind of the level of the attention to the, some of the details and things that maybe the fish would have appreciated yeah. uh, that I would have now. So, That's the thing. yeah. <laughs> so we have a ten, then we have a twenty-nine. Yeah. Then what? From there, you know, now we're probably like in the junior high, probably actually getting into high school. 
I uh, took a job working in a fish store. Oh. All these years, right? I'm, I'm keeping a couple little fish tanks at home and changing fish in and out of them. And, you know, I spent a fair amount of time at this little fish shop. And, you know, I must have gotten to the age where, you know, I must have been 16 or something. And I remember visiting with the owner of the shop and a couple of the guys that were working there. And they said, you know, have you ever thought about just coming in and working with us? And, you know, the from there, it was just kind of a, you know, a weekend gig here and there. I would, you know, help out scooping fish and ringing up the cash register. And that was a great job. I learned a ton about fish at that point because, you know, in the fish store, there's always all these old timers that have been around the hobby forever, you know, just sharing that knowledge. And it was just really great to always be around that, just kind of absorbing it. And uh, I think it was, you know, not long after I got a job at the the fish store that I ended up taking, a, um, I, I don't remember what how big that tank was. It must have been like a 35-gallon, like a hexagon-shaped tank. It was like this really tall, skinny fish tank. And um, I ended up making it a little saltwater reef tank. Oh. So, yeah, for, for a couple of years, I had a reef tank and I bought this. Great big giant 250 watt metal halide, you know, light to go over the top of this thing and a giant filter. And like, that's where, that's where it's like, right. Thanks to the parents for footing the electric bill. Cause they had this 250 watt light bulb just burning in the basement, you know, eight hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm sure the, the, the house just glowed at night, right? <laughs> so bright. This thing just kind of turned into a little algae farm. I had just some really simple corals in there, maybe some hermit crabs and things. And it was a lot of fun. The salt water would splash on the wall and it kind of wrecked the wall. I remember it just, it was just kind of a weird deal. So I had that for a couple of years. And then I remember one day um, came home with a 75 gallon tank. I don't know, you know, there must've been a customer or something that was tearing down his tank. And he said, here's a 75 gallon tank for free. So we, stuffed it in the back of my car i'm probably 16 17 8 17 years old probably at this point built a little stand for it i'm not sure how the thing didn't fall down <laughs> you know, it was just rickety it was like i look at you know how people are building these stands today and i think no that's that's certainly not how i built mine so i'm not sure that i'm not sure how that sucker didn't fall down but that ended up being that 75 gallon ended up being my first planted tank I had, I, you know, I working at the fish store, we had this little section with all the books there and uh, we had the whole collection of the Takashi Amano uh, nature aquariums, the volumes one, two, and three. And I had brought home a set of those. And I remember that was it, right? For a lot of plant tank hobbyists, those, those books are kind of what got us all started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, um, I bought a, a CO2 regulator and I, I got a CO2 tank. I'm, again, back then it was like, man, I'm surprised that thing didn't blow up or, you know, I don't know how much CO2 was leaking into the room all the time, but. Nobody died. No, we didn't, we didn't die. The tank didn't fall down. Uh, it had, a, it, it struggled with algae always. You know, I, I would just throw plants in there and I stuffed a bunch of fish in there with it and. You know, it, uh, it it's kind of crazy. I've always kind of described myself as a kind of like as a fish keeper, maybe with a plant problem. <laughs> Early on, it was, 
you know, I had all these cool fish that I liked and, and then I would stuff a bunch of plants in there. And, you know, now maybe today it's, it's switching around a little bit. Now my focus might be a little more on plants, but yeah, that, that was the first one. I, I remember setting it up. It was so cool. I, we got this box of petrified wood that came in and I remember opening up that Takashi Amano book. I was like, that's what I'm going to make. So I, you know, carefully set the rocks up, tried to make it look like a cool Iwagumi. And I think I had glass of stigma carpet in there once. And yeah, all, all of those kinds of things. Right. I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to make this awesome tank and it's weird. I can't find any pictures of it though. I mean, that was, we didn't even have a cell phone back then. Right. I mean, so I had no pictures, unfortunately, of some of that early stuff, but, uh, Yeah. That's pretty awesome to get such an early start. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Working at a fish shop is kind of a cool gig. Like, as a high school student, it, it worked, right? It, I was still living at home and, shoot, most of it, you know, they paid me, but uh, everything we bought, they would just take out of our paychecks. So most weeks, I'd go home with, like, a negative paycheck. And I'd, have come, <laughs> I'd have to come back to work the next week just to try to pay off my balance most of the times, so, you know, between the fish and the plants and I still had you know a little bit of corals at that time, and yeah, most weeks I ended up owning the I ended up owing the fish shop money. He <laughs> he he got a lot of good work out of me. They, I think yeah, they got it made with you. Um, <laughs> what did your friends at the time think of your passion? Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of like you know anybody else, they look at it and they'd be like, "Man, this this kind of weird." Uh, you know, I just I'd be talking about fish, and I mean. It, yeah, I didn't really have any any close friends that were super into fish. I think that's maybe why I would, you know, I'd spend so much time at the fish shop and and why I ended up working there because I was like, these are my people. <laughs> Don't we all these people, like that? Yeah. Now, <laughs> <laughs> these people get me. Right? It was just kind of fun, right? Like that was kind of the majority of the friends was you know people that I would meet at the fish store, but no, like. My friends from school, man, I'd try to tell them about this, and they'd be like, "Yeah, what, that you're just that's just weird, man." <laughs> so. I don't think much has changed. No. I mean, you, <laughs> you grow up and you start talking to like somebody or my wife's friends come over and be like, "Hey, let me," t uh, yeah, that's really awesome. Very so. pretty fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, even still today, right? Like I, I get really excited. Like I get a, a plant that starts to do well. Like I, I you know call my wife down to the fish tank like Heidi look, you know, look at this this little yellow plant growing over here in the corner I've tried to grow this thing everywhere and suddenly it's doing really good right now she says yeah that's that's great honey that's I'm really, I'm really proud of you so that's yeah what, that's why we fish all fish. need fish friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean so, I just did a major trim in my 125 and it was like nothing ever changed and what did you do you sent me a picture I sent everyone pictures and my wife come home and she just walks by it and I'm like Dad, look how cool it looks she goes what changed I'm like did you not see it yesterday it was a jungle <laughs> right oh I must have missed it <laughs> I'm really excited now because my tiger lotus is putting out planets like it's shooting I don't know how you call it but it's like, like putting, sending out it's shoots it's sending out new plants nice and I'm really excited nice I'm gonna be taking but a couple I had, home I had, to, I had to send Ryan a message last night when I figured it out because if I would have told my husband at the time he would have been like what tiger what <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we, we, do, we do need our fish friends our plant friends yeah. 
Yeah. Because they are our people. And That's right. And they're That's precious. Right. precious. Yeah. Anyways, not for this happiness. Um, so the tank has now successfully not fallen over. Yeah. Yeah. We've not, gotten some CO2. Not and... exploded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was dipping my toes and trying to grow a lot of different types of plants. And, um, you know, that, that all went great. And uh, after that, I went off to college for a number of years and uh, moved into this just ratty old apartment off campus and uh i remember asking the landlord if i could have a fish tank and she said well sure that'd be fine as long as it's small but there was nowhere in the contract that stipulated you know what was small or what was big and and i lived on the third floor at the time and so i said oh yeah this i'm I, i'm gonna bring a fish tank into the apartment then and i said but it's just 75 gallons just like I, just, just a little, just a little one. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I lived in a little kind of a crummy little apartment for a number of years. And I actually ended up, I, I finagled to get two 75 gallon tanks in there, but I didn't, I didn't have any time at all. Like when I was in school, so they were just fish tanks for a while. I had a, a school of Ultima angel fish in one of them. And then the other one had, just kind of a kaleidoscope of different uh, larger species of rainbow fish. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, in the summers when I was in college, I took a job uh, working for an aquarium maintenance company. And so we would go around and clean fish tanks and, uh, you know, different businesses and in hospitals and people's homes and those kinds of things. And uh, that ended up being actually a pretty cool job as well. Because you get to play with everybody's tanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. Some of the things that we saw. I mean, you know, I'd see these 700-gallon tanks and 1,000-gallon tanks. And, you know, there's one I remember that had, uh, like, different sharks. And not big sharks, but just, like, little sharks that crawl along the bottom. And, uh, yeah, it, it was wild. It was a really neat to see those kinds of things. I learned a lot about plumbing and I learned a lot about, you know, how to set up filters and that kind of thing. And actually what kind of a cool story. So today I've got a 375 gallon tank at home and it's kind of this big L shaped kind of corner tank. If people have seen me on Instagram, you know, it's my, my big tank where some of my big angel fish are today that tank actually used to sit in an office and I actually used to clean that tank when I was working for this aquarium maintenance company. And I remember going in there, I, you know, we must've gone in there weekly or every other week to kind of maintain the tank and these kinds of things. And I remember thinking to myself, this is really cool. It's great big, you know, each of the sides of this tank are four feet long. And I remember thinking, this is, this is a really cool tank. I want to have a tank like this someday. Well, you know, as life went on and I, I no longer worked for those guys, but I stayed kind of good friends with the owner of that company. And handful of years later down the road, I end up over at his shop and we were just visiting one afternoon. And sure enough, there sits that tank over in the corner. The business that that tank was in had since closed down and uh, they came and took it out and they had just stuck it in the back corner of his shop. And so we got to talking about it and he ended up selling it to me for pretty cheap. So what did you do with that tank? Did you bring it to your little apartment? No, at that point, when I when I bought that tank, I had since graduated from college. 
and we had moved into a house and uh yeah we I moved that tank in into the new house there there's no way I would have gotten a 375 gallon tank onto the third floor of a, <laughs> of a rickety old apartment building so yeah at that point we were we were in a house and uh yeah starting to regrow and reestablish my fish tank collection because at some point uh we're, we're jumping a little bit here but at some point the collection went down yeah you know kind of in that period of time when i was in college you know and then even the first first few years that i had moved in the house i was out getting started in my career and we had had our first son and i was uh it was just kind of a busy time right and it's just kind of hard to to manage all of the fish tanks and those kinds of stuff so some of those things you know, I think always at the house, I always at least had a 75-gallon tank that was set up with some plants and, you know, those kinds of things. But nothing really much more than that. So. And then the big L-shaped tank comes around. Yeah, yep. So. And that's a big project. Yeah. It, it was a big project. That thing probably sat empty in the basement for at least a couple of years, oh. at least a year before I was finally able to kind of get all the bits and pieces of it put together to, you know, build a stand and get all of the uh, things that I needed for the filters and for the lights. And I always knew that I wanted to do it as a planted tank. And I always knew that I wanted to do it with big angelfish in there. And so it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I, I knew what I really wanted in the long run for it. And uh, I was just trying to be was, you know, back then I was just trying to be patient, and try to set it up right from the beginning. And uh, yeah, so it took a while to get everything kind of together. But it's it's been up now for three years, two years, two and a half years, something like this. Planted with angelfish right from the very get go. So are those the same autumns that you have now? Yeah, yeah. So I picked those guys up. I've had them now for about four years. Um, they came, I got them from a breeder in um, Florida who imported them from Germany. And when they came in, they were just little quarter size, you know, just tiny little babies. And uh, I started them out in a little 75 gallon tank and they did fine enough in there. But as soon as I got that big tank set up, I, I put them in there. And, and uh, yeah, so that's been about a, four-year project total on those Altums. They, you know, first year or so they were in a 75 and then about the last three years. Yeah, it must be three years now in that big tank and finally getting some excitement from them here over the last couple of months. What are they up to? They have been laying eggs, Ooh. which is very exciting for me. Um, Altums aren't a rare fish you know we can find them everywhere local fish shops will have them they wild collected and brought in you know that they're not rare but what's kind of rare is to have them spawn there's not many people in the u.s a handful of people in the u.s have done it a handful of people around the world i'm sure are doing it but um yeah so it's been pretty exciting out of the t the eight fish that i have left out of that original group ended up with like three pairs that have laid eggs and kind of different parts of the tank. And uh, I, I still haven't gotten any that have gotten all the way to wiggler stage or to baby stage, but I'm, I'm just really excited that after four years of trying to work with those fish that, you know, finally starting to see some success out of them because it's been a long road with them. Are they eating the eggs or just? Yeah. Not? Yeah. You know, the, the, the eggs will make it, 
you know, anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. Sometimes the parents eat them. Sometimes I think they're in that tank. There's, you know, some plecos. I think they might get after the eggs at night. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent sure that they're even fertilizing the eggs yet. The pears are still fairly young and maybe not quite got everything figured out yet. So I did recently move a group of them there. The last pair that I had, um, I moved them over now to their own 120 gallon tank and they've been in there and the focus there is going to be really try to get them to breed and, you know, playing around with water chemistry and stuff like this now and things I've never really done before. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of an interesting learning experience there as well as, you know, trying to manipulate water chemistry in a way that will encourage these guys to spawn and get, you know, some fertile eggs and get some little babies, those kinds of things. So the Altum angelfish are slightly different from some of the other ones that are like the Colombian Altums and the Peruvian Altums. Mm -hmm. So those ones are actually species of Scalare which is our standard, typical angelfish. The ones that I've been working with are separate species, Terophyllum altum, uh, which are the ones that get really, really tall. I mean, mine, they're pushing 14 inches tall now, tip of fin. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a different species. But, yeah, those... The Scolaris, like you have, those, those guys, they just spawn like crazy. Oh, so my Peruvian, so. my Peruvian Altum is not a real Altum? <laughs> what? Yeah. You, yeah, just, you just broke her heart. Oh, I'm no. S- I didn't mean to break your heart, Paula. He's really pretty. <laughs> He's a handsome dude. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, that's all that counts, right? Like, at the end of the day, if they make you happy and, and they're beautiful to look at and you get excited to see the babies, like, that's what really matters. Yeah. Right? For for 99% of the people in the world, that's that's what the hobby should really be about is doing stuff that makes you happy, that excites you. And for like the bizarre little 1% of nerds, super nerds like myself that like get probably too far down the rabbit hole, like it, that, that's maybe <laughs> just more obscure than it needs to be. Right. No. no. There's, so. no, there's no too far. No. There's not such a thing. I think we all push ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Um, We've all done things that other people will look at me like, why are you still even trying? Like, why do you have 12 tanks at home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all have our own kind yeah. of crazy. It's all good. Yeah. So you set up that tank. And yeah. where did you go from there? That kind of opened up the floodgates. <laughs> and uh, this is where we have to say thanks to our significant others. And so... I'd have to say a huge, a huge thank you to my wife because, boy, after I got that one set up, then shortly after that came a 120-gallon tank. And then that was um, – then that opened the next door for uh, doing a rimless tank. So when I, when I bought the 120, and it's just a standard 120-gallon, it's like a four-foot tank by – it's four feet by two feet by two feet. And so I, I built a stand, but when I built the stand, I left the bottom of it open. I didn't put cabinets, like cabinet doors on the front of the stand. And uh, I did that kind of in a sneaky, for sneaky reasons, because I thought, well, this will be perfect. Now I've got another shelf <laughs> and if I've got another shelf. I'm going to have to put another fish tank on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I put up the 120, um, put some plants in it. That one was set up to be just kind of, I wanted to try lower light plants with some CO2 and just to see what that went with. And so that tank was set up with just manzanita driftwood and 
a bunch of java ferns and some anubias and some bucephalandras and it was just a really awesome you know um easy low maintenance tank i ended up in that one i ended up putting another group of altums in there i, I found a, a nice group of wild collected angel altum angelfish from you know one of our local shops here and uh put those in there and then yeah now i had this kind of blank space under under uh this big 120 gallon and it was kind of funny because my wife went away for a spring break vacation and uh when she came home i had set up this new rimless uns 60u <laughs> uh, so a six, 60 centimeter rimless tank just kind of appeared while she was away on a spring break vacation and uh, she was a trooper like she she was really good about the whole thing i didn't I didn't get into too much trouble with it. I think she just like, you know, did one of those giant sighs, like, oh man, here we go again. <laughs> and so, uh, so that was good. And um, that tank, kind of my goal with that one, when I set that up is I, I had somewhere along the line too, I'd gotten into keeping crystal red shrimp, um, the, the red and white shrimp. And at the time I just put them in a little 10 gallon tank and it was just no like zero tech i think it had a few scraggly stem plants in it and maybe some moss or something like this and i thought i want to get those nice shrimp into a really beautiful kind of a high-tech rimless like i kind of stumbled into the world of aquascaping at this point and um there were some some local friends here that i kind of gotten to know through through the fish club and through Facebook and a little bit through Instagram. And we started, you know, we started chatting more and more and I thought this is cool. I'm going to, you know, like I was following some of the, these pro scaper guys on Instagram now at this point. And I thought this is cool. I'm going to, you know, I want to start setting up a really kind of a high end high tech tank. And so that's what ended up in the 60U. And uh, that one, that was great. I put the, the crystal red shrimp in there. I wanted to grow a you know, nice, thick, lush carpet of, uh, you know, Monte Carlo in there and, and have the, uh, have the shrimp breeding in there like crazy. And it took a while, but finally got there. So it was, it was a lot of fun. How big did that colony end up getting? Oh man. When I finally, so I started that tank, it must've, I don't know, maybe there were 50 or 60 that I put in there. And when I tore that down just about a year ago now, maybe, maybe not quite a year ago, there must've been 250 or 300 shrimp in there that's awesome it was unbelievable um i remember setting it up everybody said well you can't keep crystal shrimp in a high-tech tank with with co2 and i was just kind of bound and determined i wanted to you know i just wanted to prove to myself that i could do it and it's not for everybody it was a lot of work you know you have to just remain hyper diligent all the time you, you know can't miss water changes and those kinds of things so it, it was a lot of work um, tank looked fantastic. Actually, it was one of the very few times that I actually submitted a photo to an aquascaping contest. And uh, it was the Chinese International Aquascaping Competition. I forget what the acronym for it was. But um, yeah, it, it, you know, I walked by the tank one day. I said, gosh, that looks pretty darn good. Pulled out the camera, took some nice pictures of it, submitted them online. I don't even remember where it placed. Uh, it, maybe it was top uh, maybe it was 35th place or I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah, like 35th out of like 30, 
39 entries or something, right? So I don't know. I don't remember what the numbers were, but I just thought, oh, I'll see what that's like to to try uh, submitting some pictures to an aquascaping contest. But yeah, the, it, it just did incredibly well, uh, but it was a lot of work. And I've, I've since moved that colony of shrimp now to, uh, you know, a really low tech kind of a lower maintenance uh, tank. It actually sits just over here on my desk. So when I'm at work and uh, sitting on my computer, I've got something there to kind of keep my, keep myself company when I'm when I'm on conference calls and things. And that's a much better way to keep shrimp. I think it's it's easier. It's simpler. Um, they've done really, really well in, in this newer, lower tech setup, and I don't worry about them as much. So it, that's also been a lot of fun. So have see you been doing go. RO water for all these? Yeah. When I, yeah, when I set up the big tank, the 375 gallon tank, one of the pieces of that puzzle and that part of what ended up taking me so long is I wanted to have an, an RO system and, uh, so yeah, I've got um, uh, a system set up in kind of a utility room of my house where I've got a 200-gallon holding tank with a big kind of a recirculating pump and a heater on there. And so I've got an RO filter that hooks up to that. It holds a couple hundred gallons of RO water at any given time, and I can keep it uh, keep it warm and get it to everything that I need. And yeah, so everything in my house actually right now is run on RO water. I live in an area where the ro the water is rock hard. Mm -hmm. And so for the plants and for the shrimp and for the fish and stuff that I like to keep, RO water kind of really became a, ne a necessity for me. Hmm. So, I think we're going to take a little little break here. Yeah, and then I want to hear about this rock hard water. Yes. Because we <laughs> also know somebody that was from Minnesota area. I don't know how close Fargo is to you. It's a little bit of a drive. But he had some kind of magic water. Yeah. I'm sure he's listened to it. So I kind of want to get into this after we yeah. come back from the break. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back. Thank you to F-Zone for sponsoring this episode. The lovely people at F-Zone have partnered with Rumblefish to bring you guys an awesome giveaway. Check our Instagram uh, for more information on how you can be the proud owner of a set of stainless steel lily pipes. Also, you can use Rumblefish uh, at checkout on their website for 10% off any F-Zone product. And you can also use 5 of Chihiro's for $5 off any of their lights. Check out fzaqua.com. All right, well, welcome back. I think we had a nice little break. Um, we were talking about earthquakes for a little bit living in California. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about, uh, your hard water because I know we talked to somebody that also was in Minnesota 
And they were lucky enough that they had this magic water that they could just throw in, fish in, and that was it. So obviously you had an opposite problem. Yeah, I I do not have the great fortune of having magic water that I can just put fish in plants into here. Trademark. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, I, I'm not sure that the water that we have coming out of our faucet is good for anything other than uh, African cichlids maybe and, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, my, my kind of addiction to, you know, South American fish and plants really is what kind of drove me towards RO water. And really, I, you know, if nothing else, I like the consistency of RO water. Every, you know, every drop that comes out of the filter is, you know, it's got the exact same parameters. And when I was trying to get uh, better at keeping plants, one of the messages that you hear from everybody is just consistency is king on it. And so it, to me, it just seemed like a natural fit to go the direction of RO water. But I know that not everybody necessarily needs it, but just for me and for what my goals were and what I wanted to try to accomplish, the RO filter was kind of a big piece of that. Now, when we're saying an RO system, I mean, you've got a real technical giant setup down there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the big tanks, uh, I needed to have a lot of RO water on hand at any given time. And so uh, I've got a 200-gallon holding tank with a big recirculating pump and a heater. So as I fill that tank up, I can, you know, recirculate the water, make sure that it gets good and oxygenated and can also heat it up to the temperature I need. But then the way that I set up the plumbing on it, it allows me to connect my siphon hose, my python hose. I, I can screw it right on to the to the side of the pump and it allows me just to pump the warmed up RO water right back to my tanks. So I don't have to carry buckets and I'm not, you know, doing anything crazy like that. It's all, all through different hoses and a couple of big pumps to help me kind of move all my water around. So time, time is sometimes over the essence. I've got little kids running around all the mm -hmm. time and I do most of my aquarium maintenance is usually at night after I get them in bed, it's kind of a nice way to relax, but, but I don't have a ton of time for it. So had to add some big pumps, had to have some big water tanks on hand so that I could just make the most of all of that time. Yeah. Where is all of these uh, located in the house or stored? It's hiding in the back corner of a utility room. Okay. So it's, it's, it's out of sight, you know, and you shut the door and you don't ever notice that any of it's there. And majority of my tanks right now, we have a kind of finished off basement in our house and one of the things that I've always tried to make sure is that my fish tanks, my fish room, so to speak, always looks as presentable as possible. You know, and I, I don't really have like racks of tanks or, you know, anything like that. Most of mine are kind of each set up as individual displays and everything. And so uh, I've got to try to make sure that everything looks presentable for, for whoever might be down here. So how many tanks are you at right now? Uh, right now it's one, two, three, four, five, six tanks set up right now. Okay. But those are pretty so big this, tanks though too. Yeah. A couple of them are pretty big. So, um, kind of working from the top down today, I've got a 29 gallon set up and that's uh plastic plants. That's the one that sits in my son's room and that's his tank. And so 
kind of like how my folks had a tank set up in my room. He's got one set up in his room and he's responsible for it. He, awesome. um, you know, he's responsible for coordinating when we're going to do the water changes and he's got a little fish book and he picks out what fish he wants to put in that tank. And I, you know, I help direct him because sometimes he wants to put fish together that maybe won't go together so well. So we work together on that, but yeah, that one's primarily his responsibility. And, uh, I've, sh you know, I've shown some pictures of that before, but on, in all honesty, I, I've said it before, and you know, it's probably the proudest tank that I actually have in the house right now, simply because I know that it's going to inspire the next generation of, you know, fish keepers and aquascapers and that kind of thing. So it may just be plastic plants. It may have glow in the dark. Uh, one of his plastic plants glows in the dark, <laughs> you know, so it looks a little, it's got a crashed airplane and a sunken pirate ship and all these things, but he, he loves it. It, it. He just is crazy about it. I get updates four or five times a day of what all the different fish are doing. So that, that one by far is probably my proudest tank right now. So then uh, I also have a 120 centimeter rimless ends up being, it's like 90, 95 gallons. And that's one that I, I share a lot of pictures of that one. And um, that's where all my colorful stems have been. It's super high tech with T5HO lighting and CO2 reactor, um, super colorful plants, a lot of work though. That one, I mean, it was every couple, three weeks I was pulling plants out and working that one. It just, it was a lot of work. So I've recently switched that to a lot of Amazon swords just kind of simple, easy keeping stuff, trying to make it a little easier to take care of. Then there's the 375. That's got uh, all the angelfish in it right now. Then there's the 120 that a, a group of my angelfish have gone into, hopefully get some babies from them. And then I've got a 20 long that sits in my office here. That's got the cherry shrimp in it. And then the most recent one is that old 60U, the UNS 60U that I've rescaped now into a, a non-CO2 tank, but trying to keep some higher and maybe more challenging species of stems in there. How is that it's going? It's kind of my next, my next project tank. How is that going? Yes, you know, surprisingly well. Um, there's a number of people out kind of in the different forums. I've got a friend locally that you know, has really been kind of, I think, challenging and pushing the limits of what we, what I would have thought could be possible without co2 um i mean my tank has been up for about two months now i think and so far nothing has really died some of the plants are still struggling to kind of get going but i mean it's gorgeous and it's it's zero maintenance um you know it's it's set up with some um blue bolt caradinia shrimp so it's got very soft water it's got cooler temperatures i've got a bright light on top of it, some good filters on it, you know, um, using aqua soil substrate. And um, surprisingly enough, the plants are doing, I think, really quite well. So that, that's that been kind of really interesting for me to watch. And like, those are some of the ones that I get really excited about. My wife walks by and I say, look at this, honey, look at this. And uh, Boy, this plant's really doing great. And she just kind of nods and smiles. And <laughs> so I'm glad you're excited about it. <laughs> so but uh, yeah, that one's been really kind of fun for me to to experiment and play around with a little bit. That's funny because I do the same thing to my husband. We have, I have, not we, I have a, a shallow tank mm. in the bedroom 
Yeah. And like every night it's like, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> <laughs> look at whatever plan or look at look at the shrimp. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> the funny thing is now that we're talking about shallows, we've been trying to get Steve into the shallow tank for a while now. Yeah. So it's a perfect time to call him out on the podcast that <laughs> when are you going to start your shallow tank? The shallow tanks are just a, a spectacle to be... What's the word? I don't know why I try to use big words. Um, <laughs> it really is fascinating to watch. So yeah. A shallow tank with the immersed growth. Where like you the get, way yeah. the, the plants uh, respond. Mm-hmm. And just like yeah. how, you know, how much light you're able to put into the bottom of that shallow tank because it's just so shallow. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, that's that's just it. Like, I think that's the next step. Like, that'll be my next challenge. And like, I, I love seeing play you know, I've become really familiar in knowing what these plants look like when they grow underwater. But this idea that you can grow them above water, right? Like it's really kind of interesting to me and I haven't done it. And I, you guys like always tag me on shallow tank Tuesday or whatever it is. And I just keep thinking, yeah, one of these days I've, I've just got to bite the bullet and go for it. Um, I just haven't, I just haven't taken the plunge yet, but it, it's certainly on the it would be on the short list of the next challenges that I want to try to check off of my list, so to speak. Soon, maybe. I can't make any promises, Ryan, but maybe soon. We'll don't, see. No, don't worry. I've got a crew behind us pushing for him I'm, to get one. I'm so. going to be tagging you now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like It's going to be honestly like my favorite tank right now. And it's my smallest tank, for sure. So Yeah, it's it's they're very special. It's kind of fun because I kind of started the same way you did. I mean, you know, because you helped me with my first 125 gallon that I was like, you know what, we're going to escape this. And it's like, looking back, it's like, man, I picked the hardest tank to try to escape for a beginner. Yeah. Because now I'm doing nano tanks and the pond tanks. And I'm like, these are the tanks that people should really start with because Mm -hmm. they're so much easier to control. Yes, my 125, like if I get a little bit of problem, it's it's more time to react. Mm Mm-hmm. But these smaller tanks are just, uh, they're fascinating to me. Just a joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need, you need to come to the dark side. Of- <laughs> yeah, eventually. It's it's on my list, no doubt. I, I will get there in time, for sure. I have a You'll be the first one to know about it. <laughs> my minimal body is just kind of now starting to get out of the water. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> But that's what makes a hobby so fun, right? Like, like that's what I love about it. Like, like right now, people would look at like what I'm going, the direction I'm going with my big rimless tank, which is putting Amazon swords in there. Like, how many times do we walk past Amazon swords at the local fish store and just be like, whatever, it's it's a sword. It's not like a really cool stem plant that's you know really rare or anything like that. But I tell you what, you put. You put Amazon swords in in high tech and there's some really cool hybrids out there now that are really colorful and, you know, have different patterns and things. It's really exciting to see new leaves sprouting. Mm. Right. And then, like, I got a flower stem the other day and it's like, I don't know, it's just it's those little things. Right. Like that just make it so exciting to be part of the hobby, I think. Swords are awesome. I, I, I struggle when I escape my Gourami tank. With uh, with putting plants in the back, and I just tried one plant and another stem plant and another stem plant, and it was just not working. And then one day it's like, hmm, let's try some swords back there. And swords it is. It looks awesome. No. Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these ones grow in. I'm, I'm going to give it, you know, five, six months and see how they're doing. I'll move them around a little bit, I'm sure, trying to get them all kind of positioned where you can see everybody. But yeah, so far it's been it's been really fun to just to see kind of some new things like that. Again, it's just kind of a different challenge for me that I haven't done yet. So it's been good. Now, is this a tank that you also have the new angels in? Because I know you got some yeah. new angels. There's some new angels. I picked up a group of, um, I'm not exactly sure what, this is where some of the angelfish people will probably scold me, but <laughs> I think they're called like Philippine blues, but they have like a really beautiful kind of a sparkly pearl scale to them. Um, I had a local friend here that had a group of them that he was thinning out and he um, he offered me a good price on a bunch of them and I snatched them up and they've been just really great. Like I've never owned a blue angelfish before and um, they're really active. They're growing really quickly. They sparkle. Um, the frustrating thing about them is they're impossible to take a nice picture of because when I hold my camera up or my, my cell phone up to the tank, they come rushing towards the glass because they think they're going to get fed. <laughs> and, and then they don't look good because now I'm looking at an angelfish head on and uh, you just can't really tell what they are. So yeah, I've got a nice group of Philippine blues and I'll, I need to just work some time on just getting a couple of nice pictures of them because they're a great little fish. I've really enjoyed owning them. What I do with, so. with fish like that is I set the camera and then I have a little remote. So I sit, Ooh. I sit on the couch and I just watch them from afar. Look at that. And then you just kind of click from the couch. I've watched her do it before. I'm like, what are you doing? And then <laughs> I like, like this idea. Yeah, just get a little Bluetooth remote from Amazon. Uh, work with your phone or your camera or whatever Bluetooth device. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. <laughs> Stay tuned. More to come on that. <laughs> it's funny what you can learn when you just start talking with different people, right? Yeah. Like the little yeah. nuances in this hobby. And it's like, you know, it, it, what make this hobby so awesome learning from each other. So, yeah. Well, it was awesome chatting with you, Steve. Yeah. You thank, bet. thank you very much for coming virtually through the magic of the internet and rumbling with us today. My pleasure. I've heard Ryan talk about you <laughs> over and over and over. Well, I wanted to make sure that he was a guest, and you know, I will even say be- this even before Rumblefish was a thing, yeah. he'd just talk about Steve all the time. I mean, he was the mentor from the beginning. I would not have had the success if I had if it wasn't for you pushing. And you know, Paula says it all the time: make sure you do your research. And I think I blew you up five times a day, and you're <laughs> like, "Here, here's an article about lighting. Go read it yeah. first. And that's what really helped me a lot is you didn't necessarily spoon feed me the, the mm-hmm. information, but you kind of said, here, go read this. Yeah. That's the yeah. way that's the way to go. I I do believe that's the way to teach people and just to make them grow on their own. Yeah, it it's been a, it's certainly been a wild ride. You know, and I think back, Ryan, to where we started, whatever it's been a year, a little more than a year ago now, maybe more. And uh, I, I remember looking at those texts some days and it was like, holy smokes, I can't hardly keep up with this guy. And <laughs> sure enough, one thing led to another and you were adding tanks to the gallery. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. So it's been a lot of fun uh, working through all of those little things with you. Uh, getting to know you has been great. And uh, I've, I've certainly enjoyed it. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you coming on today. 
And again, oh, uh, your me. your Instagram handle is mn underscore aquascape. Aquascape. <laughs> yep. At mn for Minnesota, Ryan. <laughs> mn underscore aquascape is where you guys can find me. And I I seriously mean it. Like anybody, feel free to reach out if you've got questions about things. Um, send me a DM if I can't get to it right away. I promise I'll get back to it as soon as I can. And you know, if there's questions or you just want to chat about something, let me know. I'm always happy to help. That's awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. Later. Aquascape. Yeah. That was cool. It was. I didn't realize how early he started. Seven years old? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I think that's two guests now that we've had that's childhood fish tanks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's really awesome. And now he's kind of completing the circle with a kid of his own and bringing another generation into it. Mm -hmm. It's the cycle of fish keeping. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it was really fun. Um, I... You know, cue the Lion King. <laughs> song. Dun, dun, dun. No, no, we're not going to sing on this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but no, it's funny because when we sit down with a guest, how fast time really goes because you just it's so entertaining to listen to each person's journey through our hobby. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talked with them a little bit um, afterward about. You know, there's all these technical podcasts and YouTubes and it's, you know, I find it really fun just sitting down and listening to people's journey instead of, you know, give me uh, the PAR levels and the nitrate levels and the KHGH, you know, it's fun to just sit down and really just be able to chat with people. And and we hope that you guys on the other side of the internet <laughs> listening are having just as much fun as we do yeah. because I literally... Uh, sit on my desk and I edit this podcast and I just laugh out loud so much that it's like you know that's not even funny <laughs> the amount of fun, fun that we have yeah. so we hope you do as well we hope you're here next week again with another awesome guest I don't know where that came from <laughs> uh, but we hope you're enjoying Thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for all the awesome uh, comments and private messages. And thank you for getting our merch. Yeah, you guys have been buying our merch and that really helps us. So thank you for doing that. Now, I wonder if you guys would mind. I don't know, maybe wearing it? Yeah, why don't you wear those t-shirts and those uh, hoodies and take a picture? Yeah, next to your fish tank, wherever you are, you know, we can't really hang out, so it'd be fun to have another little virtual hangout. Yeah, have your morning coffee in your Rumblefish mug. Yeah. I think that could be a fun a fun little thing. Yeah, and we, I mean, we'll put it up on the website and we'll share it. I mean, it could be a lot of fun. All right. So don't forget to check rumblefishpodcast.com mm -hmm. if you need some merch or if you want some. And then we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, stay tuned. Thank <laughs> you.